Hey y'all. This is Talkin' Trash with Liv and Lizzie. The podcast where two friends show each other our silliest and most treasured movies. Each week we'll watch a beloved movie. No matter how corny, childish, or contrived. Sometimes a masterpiece with minor flaws. Other times a magnificent mess. Because one man's trash is Liv and Lizzie's treasure. The words that just came out of Liv's mouth <laughs> right now were, who cares about a plan? Let's do this. So I hit record. <laughs> we have no stats. We have no... I'm Googling. No foreplan for this at all. Foreplan? Foreplan? I don't know what words are. For, for plan? What? Think uh, of the money we save on rehearsal for this. <laughs> money. That's oh. funny. That's the best joke you've ever told. That would be really sad. And I hope for the two people who listen to us that that's not true. Hello. Hello. <laughs> how how you doing, my friend? I am looking up stats on our movie. So so good. <laughs> it is a Thursday night. It we is. are we are straight chillin'. We had lots of delicious Asian food. And now we are we are about to finally reconvene with the Brendan Fraser watching. Mm-hmm. Now I don't remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> Sorry, I had I had a thought and then I looked up the stats for this movie and honestly was like so shocked by them Who that I was like, needs a plan. <laughs> Who needs a plan? Um, so, uh, anything fun happening this week for you? Uh, this week I have a Christmas party on Saturday. Cool. That I'm super pumped for. And, uh, that's, that's, that's about it. Tomorrow is Friday. Excitement abounds. Yeah. Excitement abounds. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that, that's about where yeah where I'm at right now. How, um, about, how about yourself? Life is good. Lord of the Rings is turning 20 years old Yay! in three days. Best movie ever made. Personal yeah. favorite. Um. Uh, what else is new? Oh, I got a cat. <gasps> I can't believe I haven't even mentioned that. Yeah, you haven't even mentioned and, that. Well, we haven't recorded since I got her. You're right. I we haven't even recorded since I learned that I was getting her. I, okay, I still have not seen the cat because the cat is still getting acclimated in the cat room. Yeah. <laughs> but I am so excited to and we're, cat. By cat room, she means the spare bedroom where the cat is slowly getting accustomed to our house. We don't have an entire, like... It's the cat room. It's the cat room. Um, the cat cave! The cat cave! Oh, To the cat cave! Um, well, her name, um, her name is Binks. She's um, a black cat with green eyes, so I named her after our favorite um, black cat with green eyes from Hocus Pocus. Um, And she's very sweet and very angry right now because she finally was like trusting us and was like starting to snuggle with us and like making biscuits and was all happy. And then we took her to the vet um, because basically like, she was like found somewhere like on the side of the road by um, a friend of mine um, who already has a bunch of cats and was like, I really can't take another cat, but I also just can't leave her. Mm-hmm. So I was like, we'll take her. Um, and um, yeah, that's how we came about getting her. She's pretty small. We found out. So we, we went to the, we took her to the vet just to make sure that she wasn't microchipped to see if she needed to be spayed. She does need to be spayed. Um, but we thought that she was like under a year old because she's kind of small. Mm-hmm. She's not. She's three years old, yep. give or take. Um, she's just tiny. She's little. She's just a wee little one. Um, yeah, she's she's great and sweet, and I hope she gets adjusted soon because I want to see her more than I do currently. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's been super fun. Well, congratulations on your new baby. Thank you. We went we went shopping for cat things last week. 
she was like, Kyle can't come with me. Will you come with me? And we got steak and shake. And then she's like, so Kyle can come with me. So I just like wandered around like this awkward <laughs> third wheel at PetSmart. Like, you say that, but also you're the only one of the three of us who had ever lived with a cat. This is true. I've never had, a, well, I've had cats, but I never had indoor cats before. Uh, I lived with two indoor cats for mm-hmm. a period of time. Yeah. Which, as I've grown older, I personally feel like it's better to keep them indoors. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't yeah. feel like it's super responsible to keep them outdoors. Um... But, you know, when I was little and we lived in this, like, old-timey farmhouse, it made a little more sense. Yeah. Um, That being said, I did have a cat who got bit by a snake and lived and had neurological damage. Oh, my God. Um, I I laugh, but he was surprisingly okay, but he could only walk sideways. He couldn't walk in a straight line. Huh. So he would walk and then, like, cross his paw over, like... Almost like he was doing some sort of weird, like, fossy dance move. Huh. Um, Have you seen the video Lola, the pug who couldn't run? Yes. That's what Same I'm vibes. thinking right now. Yeah. Same vibes. And his eyes were always crossed because yeah. he basically had brain damage. <laughs> Poor thing. But yeah, anyways, that was that was kind of the moment where I was like, yeah, indoor cats is how cats should yeah. be treated. Well, and, like, outdoor neighborhood cats are the reason why there's, like, so many, you know abandoned and mm-hmm. feral cats in yeah. America is because people keep them outdoors and yeah. they do what cats will do yeah. and they have more cats. So, yep. And that's that's definitely been, too, we were like, you know, we wanted to know if she was already spayed or not so that we could move towards getting her. That was That's definitely, even if she stays inside, I'm like, that's priority. Yeah. It, it, Bob Barker. All the way. Um, <laughs> I I learned. Wow, I'm gonna go on a mini tangent here, but it's movie related. So I learned what spaying and neutering was because of Shrek Two. Because I asked my parents what it meant when Donkey said that Puss should get the Bob Barker treatment. Who is Bob Barker? He hosted The Price is Right, and at the end of every episode, he would look at the camera and say, have your pets spayed and neutered. That was, like, his big, like, thing that he championed, and he raised money for for animal shelters and things like that. Um, But yeah, every episode of The Price is Right ended with, have your pets spayed and neutered. And I was like, what's that mean? (laughs) (laughs) And that's when I learned things. You know, the worst thing about it is I called my vet for for Binks, and I was like, well, first of all, at the time, I was like, I think Binks is a girl, but I'm not sure. The vet was like, we can check. And I was like, we also want to make sure that we can get her spayed, neutered, mm-hmm. spayed, neutered, spayed. And then she was like, if she's a girl, she'll be spayed. I was like, yep. okay, okay. But... Even after that, like, there's been several times where I've looked at Kyle and I'm like, we need to get her neutered. And he's like, spade. Spade, that's the word you're looking for. And I was like, yep. cool. I Like, I can never remember which one is which. Yep. Um, also, speaking of cats, that kind of segues into our movie tonight. Oh, What yeah. is the vibe? The vibe is cats. Tonight. The vibe is cats. Um, but the not vibe, that cats. The vibe. Not the bad Tom Hooper musical cats. The vibe is why didn't they just go out and buy a kitten for each of the Americans in this movie to carry around with them? That's actually a really good question. Yeah. It's a really good question. <laughs> We're watching the Bobby! Yay! <laughs> um, should we go ahead and just jump right into stats and stuff? Yeah, a movie that's far too good for this channel. Um, this is this is the 1992 Nine, Mummy, I believe it came out in 99? Or was it 2001? It was 1999. Hey, I was right. Um, with uh, Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, now I won't say her name correctly. Um, I've never actually heard her name said out loud. Um, Rachel... Rachel Weiss. Weiss. Okay, um, I was like, Weiss? <laughs> yeah, oh, Rachel Weiss. Weiss? <laughs> um, uh, 
and and just a, a multitude of other lovely performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we've said so many times, maybe that's too good for this channel, but um, not the original Mummy film with Boris Karloff, which I've only seen bits and pieces of. Um, it's kind of hard to believe that there wasn't really a big mummy movie before this. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's a big window of time for a monster that's supposed to sort of be a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are watching the first of the mummy trilogy? I guess it was a trilogy. Were there, were there three or four? Well, there were three, but then there was the Scorpion King, but that's a film for another day. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was that, like, dumb, like, almost remake with Tom, what's his face? Oh, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah, we don't talk about that one. That yeah. One, that one never existed. Yeah. Um. Well, the interesting thing about this one is, you know, I'd always kind of heard that this movie was, like, kind of shat upon by critics. Mm-hmm. But it's got a 71% tomato meat, or sorry, 61%, but it's still certified fresh. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fresh. I think I don't I don't know where that perception of it not being appreciated by critics came from. Yeah. Um I think that you know, if if you asked me to rank like my top 10 favorite swashbuckly adventure films, this is easily top 5. This oh, is yeah. what I go to when I want like a nice escapist adventure. That's not set in medieval Europe. Mm-hmm. It's got a different aesthetic to it that I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, and it just it just makes me happy. Yeah. I'm in love with Brendan Fraser in this movie as well, but for all the di- opposite reasons mm-hmm. of why we were in love with George of the Jungle. It's true. <laughs> Can I tell you something, though? Yeah. That's the worst about this film. What's the worst about this film? Growing up, I was like, I'm going to be an English major. And I'm basically just Evie from The Mummy. Yeah. And then I watched it, like, a year ago as an almost 30-year-old and realized not only am I not Evie, but I'm Jonathan. Yeah. (laughs) As a kid, I went, I'm Jonathan. Like, I I recognized that about myself. I never thought I was going to be Evie. No, I I knew. I was hopeful, but I am definitely a Jonathan. Um, Which, you know, I love him. He's a great character. Um, But yeah, the, the, like, comic relief who is, like, really scared, but also is like, oh, money! Like, yep. The, this whole, this whole film... There's not a single character I don't like. Mm-hmm. Every character in this movie is absolutely delightful. Um, delightful antagonist, mm-hmm. delightful heroes, uh, delightful mysterious guardian of the temple. I don't remember that character's name, but he's a oh, dream boat. Oh, oh, um, why can't I remember his name either? He's one of the magi. Yes. Um, he says the magi. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why that stands out. Our to me. Death Bay is the character played by Oded Fair. I think I'm saying his name. I don't know if I'm saying his last name correctly. Fair? Fair. I would Fur? I would Fair? guess I would guess Fair. I'm okay. clicking on him because I want to see what else he was he, in. Can we talk about the fact that he is aged like a fine wine? Uh-huh. Look at the little patch of gray in his hair. Yeah. Sir. Well it's not in a whole lot, it looks like. But he, he like mean, made a TikTok not long ago where he like made a reference to the mummy and it was just really good. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I there's a lot of eye candy in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel Weisz is gorgeous in this film. Yes. Like I want, I want every single outfit she owns. Um, also, mm-hmm. how do I say this? Um. Emotep is super hot, even when his mouth is not fully back yet. See, <laughs> see, I've heard that from a lot of people, and I'm very happy for them. He he does not float my boat, but I. But Lizzie, he literally is like 
cursed because of his undying love for a Nux and a Moon. That's fine. He's bald. <laughs> you don't like bald guys? Not in fiction. Isn't this weird? I've had crushes on bald guys in real life. I don't think there's a single bald fictional character I've ever had a crush on. I'm almost the opposite. I've never I had know. a crush on a real bald man. But you but like Solus. I love Solus. Dragon Age. I love Emotep. I mean, I'm all, I'm here for it. No. Give me give me a bald head. No, I just think of Lex Luthor. Well, but he's he's like a different. You also watched Smallville, and I did not. I didn't watch Smallville. Which of my friends? Okay, I have several friends who watched Smallville. I watched like two episodes of Smallville and thought it was like really boring. And also, the guy who played Superman, I like a lot of people found him attractive, and I just didn't get it. You're but gonna like, break a couple of our listeners' hearts, but that's okay. It's fine. But like, you know, if you think about if you think about my taste in men, like Rick O'Connell is one of the most conventionally attractive oh, men. Absolutely. And but yeah, but he's not clean cut about it, and that's what makes him nice. Yes. Like, I think Henry Cavill's the stupidest looking person I've ever seen in my life. Until you put him in leather and roll him in some dirt, then I'm interested. Like, I'm not I just don't like the, like, chiseled Superman, clean-cut kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But there is also something that works in this film about when he does show up and he is clean-cut. Uh, that that scene when she's, like, griping about him and he's like, who are you talking about? And she turns around and it's like, da 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 Like, he's just gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that scene's nice, but it doesn't... But see, I don't like him with the long hair. That's the thing. I like I like when his hair's cut. I like him better later when he like rolls up his sleeves when they're mm. you know searching through the tombs. But honestly, Brendan Fraser could. There, I don't. I can't imagine a version of Brendan Fraser that I'm not like. That's a handsome man right yeah. here. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Like even even like older wizened. Brendan Fraser, I'm like, mm, yes. yes. Handsome man right there. Yes. Do you see that? That's husband material. That is husband material. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I I think there is um, a lot about this movie that works. I'm kind of curious to rewatch it with more of a excuse me, more of a critical eye mm-hmm. than I've probably ever watched it before. Um, I w- I'm curious about like some of the pacing and um, kind of the the effects and the soundtrack and some things that I haven't really paid much attention to. Yeah. Um, because I just, I have a very distinct memory of watching this the first time and I was so scared to watch it. I thought it was going to be so scary. <laughs> and then it was kind of like my first time watching Pirates of the Caribbean. I was so convinced I was going to be really scared. Mm-hmm. And my mom had told me, she's like, it's scarier than Pirates of the Caribbean is. Um, but watching this, I was so darndedly in love mm-hmm. with all of these characters mm-hmm. that I was like, I will, I don't care what scary thing happens. We're going to keep watching this to the end. You know, what's the one thing about this movie that I, I just hate, and it's not a bad, it's not a bad movie thing. It's not a bad movie choice. Mm-hmm. It's, but the Scarab Beatles uh-huh. To me, I love horror film. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a horror film that has scared me more than the idea of a beetle eating its way, eating me from the inside out. Yeah, yeah, that's the most messed up. Also, that's not how scared beetles work. Oh, yes, yes, we and we know. I felt so betrayed, so betrayed mm-hmm. when I found that out. Um, that and the notion that, like, quicksand's not a problem. Like, it's not a common occurrence. Like, this movie and then, like, every other 90s action adventure movie had me very worried about Scarab Beetles and quicksand. Yeah. I think, I think that was a, that was a thing in a John Mulaney routine. Yeah. Like, I thought quicksand was going to be a much bigger problem in my life. But it's true. And, but, like, particularly the Scarab Beetles, I remember, like, seeing one in a museum when I was, like, 
I had seen this movie and I was like, oh my God, like, I can't even believe that, like, you know, there's like a dead one that's so scary, like knowing that they could just like crawl inside of you and eat you. And there was somebody at the museum who was like, um, excuse me, uh, that's not how that works. Like, yeah. you know, someone who works there, they were like, they're like, oh no, they've only seen it's the, in the mummy. mummy. Exactly. <laughs> they think they're an Egyptologist because they saw the mummy. <laughs> And they know who Osiris is. Oh, yep. no. Yep. Were um, you really into the Egyptian gods as a kid? No. Yeah, I wasn't either. But I was I had, a Greek god kind of a gal. Yeah, I was much more interested in Greek mythology. Um, but my, I know that kids that were into Egypt mythology were really into Egypt mythology. Yeah. Um, and I, I think this movie made me want to be because I, I did want to be one of these adventurers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this this movie made me entertain the, the concept of being an archaeologist for a very brief period of time. Yeah. When I was a kid, I, I had convinced myself that I was going to be a paleontologist, that I wanted mm. to study dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, oh, I was a dinosaur kid, too. Yeah, I was a big dinosaur kid. I love kid. dinosaurs. Um, that has not gone away. I'm I still know, a big dinosaur, dinosaur kid. Um... But I really, um, yeah, there was something, there was something about, um, the aesthetics of the museum here and the library here, um, that made me really interested. It's definitely romanticized, Mm -hmm. um, but I don't mind it. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a really good, uh, YouTube video that's like, an Egyptologist watches mm-hmm. the mummy and she I've reacts. I've seen the thumbnail, but I've not clicked on it. I have before. watched it all the way through, and she actually does a very good job of like educating mm-hmm. um, about the things that the movie uh, gets right because mm-hmm. it does get some things right, and then some of the things that it gets wrong. Um, but some of the many things that it gets wrong. Um, but it. Yeah, it, it does not... The nice thing is it does not take away from the enjoyment for me of this this just delightful escape. It is a wonderful, wonderful movie. I almost wish we hadn't started talking about Egyptologists, though, because this is random, but um, fun historical tidbit um, that I learned a few years ago, and then I was reminded of it in a TikTok basically like two weeks ago, was it like the Victorians had mummy parties? Oh yeah, they'd eat mummies. They'd, they'd eat mummies. They'd like, they did all kinds of weird stuff with mummies. Yeah. But the idea that like we don't have a lot of mummies left mm-hmm. in the world because the Victorians ate most of them. Yep. Just haunts my dreams. Yeah. I think about that way too much. I'm just like. Yeah, the Victorians they were, were a um, weird bunch. They were a weird bunch. I hope no. I hope there's nothing about our society that people look back. I mean, I'm sure they'll be like, "Oh, that was a weird, quirky little thing they did." But at least we didn't. At least we haven't eaten mummies. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can get worse than that. Yeah, it's like the one thing worse than the Tide Pod thing. Like, That's I feel true. like some, they are gonna some look child, back at us and be some, like, did you know they ate Tide Pods? Some child who ate a Tide Pod's like, hey, at least I didn't destroy a thousand years of Egyptian culture. That's true. Um, well, we can't do predictions. Um, yeah, we both are familiar. But I guess um, in re-watching this, what are three things that you're most looking forward to seeing again? Um... Hey, Benny! <laughs> I don't know why that part is so it's, funny to me. It's everyone's favorite part. It it's is like you're every on the single, wrong side of the river! It is everyone's favorite part of that entire movie. I remember, like, and as a kid, justified. just dying at that line. I thought it was the funniest thing. Yep. Um, so I'm excited just to hear that line again. Um, my other favorite scene is the... Um, because I am a librarian. Yep. Um, and then, honestly, I'm just kind of excited to watch Brendan Fraser do anything. He can do no wrong. It's true. Um, but yeah, so that, that's probably, I mean, 
overall, I think what I'm most excited for um, is just experiencing it again and getting to experience it with you. Yeah. Because we've talked about this movie so much just we've as never friends, but never watched it together. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about you? What are you most excited? What are you looking forward to? Um, I am... I'm really looking forward to... I haven't thought about this guy in a minute. Really excited to watch Winston again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I just jogged your memory in a serious way. The old man pilot who takes them out into the desert. Is that in this one? Yes. I thought that... No, that's in this one. Oh, the blimp guy is in the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're right, you're right. That is that Winston. Oh, I I love Winston. I for some reason I always think he's in the second one. Nope, he's in this one. Um I am uh I'm excited to kind of look for some uh background things that I didn't notice before. Um since I do know most of the lines in this movie by heart. Yeah. Um, and I'm also just like, I'm actually really excited for the fight scene at the end. Mm. I don't know why. I'm just like, is yeah. This, is, is this the one? Or is the next one the one where Jonathan translates the book? That's this one. Okay. The next one is the one where the kid translates the book That's just right. like Jonathan Oh, and then Jonathan, he, like, he's, he's like, like, I know the, this one. It's the same, it's the same symbol. You're right, you're movies. right, you're right. It's a stork. <laughs> I don't, man, I don't, I don't know what it's what called. It I don't, I don't Man, I'm going to hear it in this movie and I'm going to, like lose my mind oh my god so yeah those are all the things i'm i'm very hyped for oh that's so good this whole movie is so good yep ready let's do it let's watch this without further ado the mummy Good movie. <sighs> a menifus. A menifus. That was the stork. <laughs> <I would live. laughs> oh, I know this one. A menifus. <laughs> oh my gosh. Perfect movies are perfect. <laughs> the thing about it is, there's so much about this movie that shouldn't work. I agree. Like every time there's gold, they use this little like shining effect on it that looks like it it looks like a scooby-doo cartoon it does look like yeah i said at one point in this movie it was it was when the like ninja assassins are rowing up to the boat Mm -hmm. in the light of the moon and the camera pans up from them to evie sitting on the dock reading not knowing what lurks below yeah and i was like this is like a live action cartoon and gosh darn it, if that isn't what makes it work yeah. so well. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's playful and funny. It's a little scary when it needs to be. Um, yeah, like honestly, not, there's so many things in this film that should not work. The, we also talked about like the opening title. So they, they go through the whole backstory about... Um, Emotep and Anaxuna Moon, which there are a lot more plot holes than I remember in that. Yeah, part. we'll 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 get to that in a second, like when we talk about kind of the things that didn't work. But when it panned up to the titles, just the title, the Mummy, and it's this big CG. There's like the roaring wind, and it crumbles away like sand, and it's wrapped in bandages, and it's so hokey. It is. And it's no great. one does titles like that anymore. They all got to be subtle or whatever. Yeah. Or they got to be. Subtle. They all got to be at the end of the movie. I'm like, come on, have a title drop like that. Yeah. That was. Yeah. So over the top and mm-hmm. wonderful. I guess we should probably do the things that we noticed on this watch yeah. that don't quite work as well. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like to some extent, if we were going to talk about like the things that we like about this movie, like I feel like we've already done a lot of that mm-hmm. to some extent. And also what's not to like. 
Yep. You know, so take this with a grain of salt because the things that we're going to say about this are incredibly nitpicky. Yes. Um, that being said, so at the beginning, um, the whole part with um, Emotep and Anops and Amun and their backstory, um, it's very melodramatic. I kind of live for the melodrama. I'm mm-hmm. okay with it. I don't hate it. Um, but her going, my body is no longer his temple. That's so good. That's so good. Um, <laughs> but then she kills herself, and so that's where the problems start for me. So Anups and Amun kills herself to essentially free herself from the pharaoh. Um, whose mistress she is. She's like a sex slave almost. Yeah. And she's fallen in love with Emotep, who um, is punished for having loved her because the pharaoh said no other man could ever touch her. Um, so she kills herself. And the last time like, we see Emotep being surrounded by guards. And then it immediately cuts to him having, after he has stolen Anuts and Amun's body and is taking her to Hamanoptera in order to resurrect her. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole sequence of like, how did he get away with from the guards? How did he get her body? Well, okay, so I'm actually going to lead into something that I had a problem with that I actually think all these things that you're mentioning if those things got added I would have a bigger problem Mm -hmm. so I actually think that my problem with this the, the only thing that I could possibly say is a problem so this movie is two hours um and I think that it it's not a slow paced two hours but I do think that it does take a little while to get going mm-hmm. in the beginning. Now, I think it it tricks you because, like, or not tricks you, but it spends a lot of that time developing the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have some good little action sequences and comedy sequences scattered throughout there, but there are also some, like, long shots of going through the desert, and there's some, you know... Uh, we spend a lot of time in the jail. There's, there's things like that that maybe could have been like trimmed, trimmed just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like I feel like if this was like a an hour forty five minutes or even just an hour fifty minutes, like mwah. Um, but that that's me. That's me again being very but nitpicky. See, so I feel I, like there's like a lot of shots in the desert when they first are traveling to Hamanoptera. Uh-huh. It's like. 300 different angles of them on camels. I will say some of them are very pretty. They're and, gorgeous. And but we you have, could cut one or two of them yeah. and the film would still be intact. There's and a lot I, of mood setting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying that we need to go back and see Emotep's Grand Escape. Okay. What I'm saying is change the scene so he's not in custody at the end of it. Show him running away and like no 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 he's, he wasn't in custody at the end of he it he wasn't no he's with his priests they sneak off oh yeah you're right you're right so they just broke back in and got her body and I don't okay. think we needed to see that okay that's fair for some reason I thought that I guess I kept confusing is his the magi priests, and the priests yeah I think I confused them a couple times yeah. um okay but this next part I do think is a problem um so towards the end of the film, they well not three, you know, good like maybe two thirds of the way through, they introduce the idea that um, in order to resurrect a nuts and a moon, he has to have a sacrifice. Yeah, this bothered me in the beginning, and I think I yeah. But we don't see him sacrificing anyone in the beginning. No, he's about to, but there's no body there, and I always that does kind of bother me. Like, was he gonna kill himself to bring her back? Doesn't make any sense. That ne- yeah, because the whole point is for them to be together. Yeah. Who is he gonna kill? I, I, I it just bugs me. Yeah. Um, part of me, um, yeah. I, it, it is, it is like a little logical 
like you said, it's, it's a plot hole. Mm-hmm. The plot hole in this film that bothered me, it wasn't even a plot hole, it was just a continuity problem. When they go back to Hamanagra at the end, um, so Emotep has brought Benny, who somehow ends up in the treasure room, mm-hmm. um, and he's awakened his priests, and he has Evie, and then it cuts to, like, what Jonathan and Rick, um, and, and we just read his name, and I forgot it. Arth? We read it at the beginning. Um, I'm gonna look it up again Please for do. Us. It cuts to what they're doing, and then when it cuts back to Evie, she's passed out and chained on the, like, Oh, yeah, slab. like, when did she get, when did she pass I, out? I was like, when did she get knocked out? When did- what was that? When did this happen? I think, I think in some ways, like, you're so, and I can't believe I'd never noticed it before, but I think in some ways, when you watch this movie, and you really get caught up our in death. just, our death, okay, I called him Arth, our death. Ardeth Bay. Ardeth Bay. I'm gonna call him Bay. He's Bay. He's Bay! Yeah. He is Bay. He is Bay. Well, when he takes <laughs> off his turban, and then his, like, curly hair his is, like, hair flowing is in the so breeze. pretty. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, he. Uh, sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> I think when you get really caught up in the absolute fun of this movie, which is what mm-hmm. it's supposed to do and what it does effectively, um, you're you you just don't notice things like that. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. Is like, how many times have I seen this movie? Yeah, we were like quoting it in parts. Oh yeah, you know we like. I can quote this movie, and this is the first time that I've looked with it with a critical enough eye to go, hey, there's some plot holes. Uh-huh. Because here's the thing. Uh-huh. Are there plot holes? Yes. Do I care? No. no. I don't care. I don't care that there's plot holes. I will say, um, watching this from a critical lens, I also, though, had some things that I never appreciated about it before that I did now. Um, the score is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I really like a lot of these like big sweeping establishing shots, mm-hmm. whether it's at the city of Cairo or of the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, even like the shots of like the fire falling from the sky or the two guards looking at the eclipse. Mm-hmm. They're just really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie also, uh, I, we, we did mention this. Some of the CG has not aged well. Right. Some of it hasn't aged as poorly as one might think. Mm-hmm. Um, and but... even the stuff that hasn't aged well is, like, good in a nostalgic kind of a yes. way. I don't hate it. I'm yeah. not mad at it. The, like, phantom cloak that comes up out of the dead people pool is is still really good It's hokey, to me. but I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. But there's so many practical effects that I appreciate yeah. in this film. There's, a, like, a lot of Emotep's guards are real people. Their costumes, costumes are great. Um, a great. lot of the makeup is really good. Um, I... Oh, sorry. And this, this is kind of a change, but, like, um, one of the things that I like about this film, so, like, I mean, any film that you see that has a woman in it is going to be filmed with some male gaze aspects. Mm-hmm. But what I enjoy about this film, what I find endearing, is that if I'm honest, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a male gaze, but she is framed mm-hmm. through O'Connell's eyes. Yes. Like, and it's simultaneously like Yes, she is sexualized. Yes, she is romanticized. But there's a level of respect yes. that goes into it because we are are seeing her in a lot of ways the way O'Connell does. Well, he's very and he's very protective of her, mm-hmm. um, which you know you could make the argument that that is like a you know a form of demeaning her. But he is very much the um, you know tactical soldier planner mm-hmm. and she is the academic. Right. Um, and to some extent, from a, a plot perspective, you know, she's she needs protection because she 
is the one who Emotep is planning to use as yeah. a sacrifice. She's a good damsel, but she's not a quote-unquote damsel. Yeah. She's a damsel. She's in distress. She can handle it. Yes. To steal from Megara. And, and she does. And she she gets in a lot of sassy one-liners in the process. Mm-hmm. She is clever, and she is the problem solver. She mm-hmm. is the brains of the group. And she causes as many problems as she solves... She's not always, like, you know, she gets into trouble, she gets them out of trouble, yep. she, you know, she's very much the the brains of the group, you yes. know? She's she's incredibly charming and witty, and I love her. I lo- I, again, I love every single character in this film, every single mm-hmm. side character, mm-hmm. every antagonist, every protagonist. I love all they're of them. They're all great characters. I love the guard mummies that come out at the end. Yeah, they're cool that, again. Like, skitter across the walls mm-hmm. I love the uh, the like greedy fat jailer who gets eaten by a scarab beetle there were a few moments where at the beginning I was like I was like watching this movie back I realized that I'm Jonathan there are a few moments where I was like or am I the warden like they're like on the camera or, or they're like on the camel and he's in the background like spitting and then yep. he like belches and I was like oh no yep. Oh no. What's he in for? He said he was just having a good time. Where are they taking him? To hang. Apparently, he had a very good time. <laughs> like, I don't know why it's those lines line. those lines stick with me. God. There's so many lines from this that stick with me. One of the ones um, we talked about was just when all the, um, the like, brainwashed servants of Emotep are going, Emotep. Emotep. Why is it so funny? I. But it's not. It's not funny in a hokey way. It's funny when Jonathan. It, it wouldn't be funny until you got that scene where Jonathan turns yeah. around and does it, and that's why it's hilarious because he lulls them into it so quickly. So we talked about like you see any kind of like mindless mob forming. Emotep. Emotep. Um. You know, I, when the pandemic started, there were all these videos of, like, like uh, people tearing into, like, um, toilet paper oh, packaging. Yeah, the hoarders. Yeah, with, like, zombie noises behind it. But honestly, like, um, I feel like you could do the Emotep sound over it and it would work pretty well, too. That would be really funny. Um, um, I <laughs> Uh, my my other go-to is patience is a virtue. <laughs> Not right now it isn't. <laughs> there's so many take that Pembridge scholars. I mean, <laughs> like there's no reason for me to quote these in real but life so all the good. time. Um, um, one of my one of the moments that was so fun too is so Winston, who is a very brief side character. Oh no, did our thing turn off? Oh, I'm making sure. Sorry. If, Oh, it's still going! Yay! Yes. We okay. thought for a second that our mic had died. So. Yeah. Um, so when when Winston, who is the the pilot, um, after he dies, and then his plane with him in it is getting like eaten by the quicksand, basically. Yep. Me and Lizzie both just saluted, saluted as he slowly sank there in. until the plane was under. I um, love Winston. Like at the same time, without thinking oh, about, yeah, like no. there was no communication. Like we should do this. It nope. just happened organically, and I loved it. Speaking of things that happened with no communication, uh, uh, Bay and uh, and O'Connell and Jonathan uh, wound up in this glorious treasure pit that's just massive and gorgeous and where I was sitting here like man they don't make just like big you know crazy treasure movies anymore and I was turning with my <laughs> mouth open to live and she goes hey you know what movie was actually really fun and good and I just screamed national treasure <laughs> I remember when national treasure came out just like absolutely Loving it. I did too, and I really think I probably it probably still holds up. I yeah, really hope it does. It probably does. Um, I have a feeling it does. We'll we'll inevitably watch. We'll National have Treasure. we'll have to watch. National we need Treasure. like a Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Maybe there'll oh, be another. God. Actually, I don't think there's enough Nicolas Cage movies that I'm like really gung ho about. To yeah, make that I don't thing. love Nicolas Cage. Me neither. Um, I I would watch National Treasure though in a heartbeat. So I I would watch that with you for yeah. sure. 
I had a big crush on Riley. Oh, me too! He was cute. Whatever happened to that guy, I wonder. Do you know what the preservation room is for? Mmm, delicious jams and jellies. <laughs> I hope he's, wherever he is, I, I hope, hope he's, he's doing, doing good. Well. He was in that one movie, he was in Failure to Launch, and he was into Zoe Deschanel in Failure to Launch. That was weird. I've seen that movie. Anyway. I feel like there's a lot of movies with just like, I don't know. Oh. Hmm? That's right. He's in all the Hangover movies. Oh, good for him. Oh, and then there was the second National Treasure. Oh, which I did see. It was I. It is okay. First one's great. Now, speaking of sequels, the Mummy sequel is actually really fun. I really enjoy the Mummy sequel. I was not a big fan of the third one, um, but I really did enjoy the second one. The second one, one of the things I really enjoy about the second one is a lot of times kids in movies can get really annoying. I love the kid in that movie. He's so charming. Yeah. They did such a good job, and he's so believable as their kid. Yeah. He's such a good mixture of the two of them, and then he has his own personality. Um... An Ox and a Moon is great. Yeah, I I really enjoy the sequel to this. I like seeing more of her. Uh-huh. I love the fight between Oh yeah. An Ox and a Moon and, and Evie. I love that one shot that became like a meme for a little bit that was the Scorpion King holding O'Connell over the pit when Emotep like drops to his knees and goes, No! Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that that was a thing. Um Oh, I will here's one thing that I do wanna say. Um, so I mentioned that for a movie set in Egypt about Egypt, there's a lot of white people, (laughs) um, which to some extent, you know, there's Americans who are looking for the town and then, you know, Evie and her brother. I like the American jokes, honestly. Yeah, me too. That's great. But then Evie's like, so here's my locket. Do you see this picture of my father, the Englishman? And here's my mother, the Egyptian. Yeah. And I'm like. Those are two whole-ass white people. Yeah. (laughs) Playing two biracial characters. This is true. And I feel like... I love Rachel Weisz in this role. I love um, uh, John Hanna in this role. I don't begrudge them these roles. I just feel like that could have been... Yeah. Taken out. It was unnecessary. Or, or even he married my mother who had grown up in Egypt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I, uh, I think that, you know, you, you also run into the problem of like, you know, two of the antagonists are the characters with the heavy accents and Yeah. Um, and a lot of the comic relief characters are like even the warden, like he's kind of he's like, you know, he's this guy who's like, ha, it's funny because he's like gross and fat and he burps yeah. and he, not only is he like the one fat character, he's also one of the few, you know, Egyptian yeah. characters. So it's like, ooh. Yeah. That's cringe. Yeah. And then, so, so I, I agree. I do think there's definitely, this is definitely a, um, you know, Indiana Jones-esque treatment of other cultures. Yes. Um, in some ways it does do, it's a fantastical Egypt mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does try and do some research into some Egypt mythology and give some information about mummification and things like that. So, um, but I would need to do a lot more research into like how much of that they did. So yeah, I won't speak really much more into that. Um, as far as like last kind of like practical things that we noticed that I didn't notice before, um, I really appreciated a lot of the, um, uh, stunts, choreography, but yeah, also just like great. that opening battle sequence. It's good. It's really good. It's super I'm, good. And I turned to you and I was like, what was the budget for this movie? I never because, found that out. Because there were tons of extras in this movie. Um, 
there were there were these really big crazy practical effects they drive the car down the street and all the civilians that are like brainwashed i was like these are all really good and none of them look overly big and fake you know like you don't get any like big dumb explosions any dumb slow-mo um i love the, the biggest craziest thing is that wall of sand but it's so fantastical and his face appears in it and it's so creative so many of the powers that they do with the mummy are really creative i love how he like turns into sand it comes through her keyhole like there's just a lot of really interesting things that they did with that yeah and none of them ever take a turn for the like you know what would eventually become kind of the michael bay aesthetic it it makes me miss i hate michael bay so much it really makes me miss just like practical effect action adventure Mm -hmm. swashbuckle films which as we all know I do love me some swashbuckle films. Yes. Oh, O'Connell cuts a rope and it rides up on a like chandelier at one point, and I was like, yes. "That's it. That's, that's the, the moment where that's, it's like, yes, this is good." That's the moment when you're like, if you had any doubt if this would be one of my favorite movies, you knew. <laughs> there, yeah. it was one of my favorite movies. Didn't I turn to you when you're watching Stardust, and you were like, "So tell me about this." I'm like, "All you really need to know is that at one point he yeah. rides the rope of yeah. a chandelier." Really? Oh, I like it. It's good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the budget was 80 million. That was huge for, for 99. And then each subsequent one, so The Mummy Returns was 98 million. And then the la- the mummy, the, um, whatever, the mummy tomb of the whatever, the That's, dragon emperor, that yeah. one was really big uh, 145 million wow yeah pretty big wow do you remember when there was going to be like a, a cinematic universe like a monster cinematic universe yeah we were talking about this in the first part that that crappy mummy remake with tom cruise that was that was, actually no i think the intro to it was they made like they made like a Van Helsing movie, yeah. didn't they? It was Van Helsing when it was supposed to be the intro. Did that take... have James McAvoy in it? No, it had um uh Hugh Jackman. Oh, that one was older though. No, I'm thinking of a no it a, like Frankenstein movie. Or McAvoy whatever. was in Frankenstein. I didn't watch that one. I think that was supposed to be the start of the cinematic okay. universe. I've I have not sat down and watched the Hugh Jackman Van Helsing movie all the way through. I can tell you like that one because of course you do. We're gonna watch it on this channel. Yeah. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. I love it. The Brides of Dracula are they're amazing. Yeah. They're so good. I love me some Hugh Jackman. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Okay, I'm this. I will not go down this tangent for long. You've seen Kate and Leopold, right? Yes. Okay. 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 Cool. Good movie. Cool, 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 cool. Good movie. Yeah. Speaking of romance. Yes. Um, I also now have a much more critical eye and appreciate how well this film does the romance yeah. between O'Connell and Evie because it never feels. Even though it starts with him, like, kissing her out of the blue, mm-hmm. after that, it never feels, like, pervy or skeevy. He has or... so much respect for her. He has so much respect for her. He, like, helps her down from things mm-hmm. and, like, gives her tools to dig. He steals the tools from someone, but that doesn't matter. He... And it's even when he's giving her a hard time or making fun of her, like, the second... Like, he, he says some... He's, you know, he's kind of... They have some banter on the ship, and she's like, oh, you know, and she storms off all mad. And then two seconds later, he's like explaining to someone, like, oh, why are you going back to Hamnatra? And, she, and then he's like, see that girl over there? She saved my life. I'd do anything for her. Yeah. Like, get you, get you a guy mm-hmm. that when you walk up, hits the dude who's next to him and says, move, you're in, in her, her spot. That was so uh. good. I love that. 
I love that you never notice that after she passes out when she's like, I'm going to kiss you, Mr. O'Connell. He goes, call me Rick. And she passes out. Then he just goes, <laughs> Into like, the kisses air. the air because he's so disappointed. Yeah. Oh my it's gosh. so cute. Yeah, they're adorable. Um, love them. Mm-hmm. You said at one point in this, you're like, I wonder if there's mummy fan fiction out there, which I'm sure there is. And mm-hmm. suddenly I'm like, am I about to go look up some fan fiction? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny because for a second I was like, you know, I could imagine that somebody, I was like, if Evie was a lesser character, somebody would probably ship uh, Bay with, mm-hmm. with Rick. And then at the end I was like, I'm, I'm an idiot. They have to ship him with Jonathan. <laughs> it has to be the ship. Surely. Um, okay, so we... Speaking of ships and things, I just remembered that I've actually seen a lot of fandoms take O'Connell and Evie and use their, like, costumes, mm-hmm. but draw their couple in those costumes. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, my favorite couple of all time has had, like, mummy fan art done, done of them. them. And you said at one point that this movie is... Is it, is it Risa? It is! I know you. Oh, you do! <laughs> it's Risa and Roy from Full Metal Alchemist, and I'm so proud of you for knowing that. Um, yeah, that this movie has such a strong aesthetic, um, and we, we noticed that from the beginning. Like, the academia aesthetic mixed with the, like, adventure core aesthetic was just so real and beautiful in this film so it really was do you have any final thoughts before you dive too deep into the AO3 sorry I'm trying to find out (laughs) I'm trying to find out what I don't want that one I'm trying to find out um okay so a lot uh, the first well I'm just she is she is literally on the AO3 track I just want right to see I want to see what they're doing. Um, um by the way, we're we're running out of time on oh, our one okay. recorder that we forgot that this was a thing. Sorry. Um uh anyways, lots of fan fiction. I don't know if it's good. Um I'm just curious. Um, I think I think what we'll do is we will pop back on here and give our final thoughts as well as what we're going to do next. That's good, because I was panicking. No, no need to panic. (laughs) We shall return. Okay. Okay, so consensus on the fan fiction. Um, Uh Scrolling through, just from an initial look, if you look up Ardith Bay specifically, um, he is frequently shipped with Jonathan, called it. Yeah. But more frequently is shipped like Ardith Bay slash reader. Ardith yeah. Bay slash you. Original female character. Yeah. They're all horny for Ardith Bay and they're right. They're they're correct. They're correct. <laughs> <laughs> At one point Rick O'Connell lights a match on that man's stubble and Yep. Oh my gosh. Yep. He is inhumanly handsome. It's not fair. Ugh. And that actor really has aged so well. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> Honestly, the whole cast is aged really well. Oh yeah, well. they're all beautiful. They're very beautiful. Also, did you know that uh, Rachel Weisz is married to Daniel Craig? Yes, I did know that. I did not know that. I, I was like, oh. Um. Okay, so final thoughts... Oh my gosh. This movie is 10 out of 10 plagues of Egypt. <laughs> I don't think I could have said it better myself. This movie is um, 4 out of 4 um, American souls used to rejuvenate Emotep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This movie is all of the treasure of Egypt. Oh my gosh. It's good. If you've listened to this and you haven't watched this, like... Who hasn't seen The Mummy? I don't know. What's wrong with you? Go Go watch watch it. Go watch The Mummy. It'll make you happy. So, I don't think we've fully discussed what we're doing next. We kind of have. We had talked about doing something specific for Christmas, but the double whammy of... 
we got busy and haven't been mm-hmm. doing things as consistently, which means there's not a lot of time left before Christmas. Yep. We're probably going to take a little bit of time off yep. around the holiday itself. Yep. Um, so we'll probably be back late December after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of ditched the whole Christmas movie idea. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do something, I would argue, that's even better. A little long overdue. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us about it, Lizzie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we, uh, I, I think it's time. I think, I think when you've referenced a film or a franchise or a film series in virtually every episode of a podcast, it's time to just sit down and watch the damn things. And, you know, since we referenced it such a long, long time ago. Yeah. In a podcast. Far, far away. Star Wars month is here. It is. Now, for, for those of you who are panicking going, but Star Wars is good. The original three films are good. <laughs> the rest of them suck. And if you say they don't suck, you're lying to yourself and everyone else. They're bad movies. Episode three does not suck. It has moments. Oh, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you on this. I'm gonna fight that episode three does not suck, and I'm also gonna fight that episode seven does not suck. But Episode seven was fun, but I just we will we will uh, cross that bridge when we get to it. I don't. I think what we talked about doing was like pairing a prequel <laughs> with a sequel each week. Yeah. Um, which I think is gonna be the only way that we can get through this. And we're gonna we're gonna watch them out of order. Yes. So we're gonna start with the ones that are clearly the best. So three and seven together. Oh, right. No, I didn't think we were. Oh. No, here's here's my here's my proposal. Okay? I feel like we need to get worse as we go. Well, okay, but hear me out. We if we if we go in order, that means we'll watch episode one and episode seven together. Okay. Episode one, I understand people like it for the nostalgia. It's it's, it's not good. Trash. We'll watch it with episode seven, which I like better. I get I get the issues and Anakin's I mean, my, it, Anakin's my favorite character, so don't get on to me about Anakin things. <laughs> I love Anakin too. You're fine. Um, then we'd watch two and eight, which are both like. I hated eight. I like two. I know. Well, I get why people don't like two. It it drags and it, there's not much of a plot. Both of them. I love the ending and I hate everything else. I just um, really like Padme's dresses, and I don't care about the rest. Okay, I'm here we'll, for I'm here for the outfits. We'll talk. We'll talk two and eight. We'll talk two and eight. But then we watched the worst of the films, which and is nine, and the best of these six films, okay. which is three. I'm okay with that. We can't end on nine. I still haven't seen nine. We because... can't end on okay. nine. <laughs> I hated eight so much that I didn't bother to go see nine. I'm really curious to know what you think after a rewatch of eight because my, my tune changed after the rewatch. I don't know. And I'm really curious to know what you think. I don't so, think I'm gonna like it. That is that is roughly the plan. Hey Zoe. Zoe, Zoe is like coming up and leaning over the recording time because she wants pets <laughs> because of course she does. Of course she does. Are you gonna be with us? While we watch Space Wizards and talk about which Space Wizards we like better than other Space Wizards. Is the Force with you? Uh-huh. Is the Force strong with this one? The Force is strong with this one. The Force of her farts it's that are true. stinking up the entire room. Yeah. My dog it's is just, very stinky. It's just slowly, <laughs> slowly filled the space. Zoe, please move. Oh. She just almost walked over the laptop like Jesus. click, click, click. Uh, you gonna fall? Yeah, you are. <laughs> Her little tail wagon. Oh. She loves her aunt Lizzie. Oh, I love her too. Even though she interrupts this every week. Every time. Yep. Bless her. Well, this was lovely. It was lovely. This was this a was lovely a good episode. Journey. This was. <sighs> um, I'm sad to say goodbye to Brendan. Yes. Um, I miss but him the already. Real, the real treasure was the Brendan's that we <laughs> found along the way. <laughs> Dude, literally the second that new movie he's in comes out, like, I'm talking midnight viewing. Oh, I'm yeah. talking, like, 
by breaking down the door to the theater. By all the you merch. And me, front row. Uh huh. Like with I'm like I heart Brendan t-shirts. <laughs> I would wear that. Uh huh. I would never take it off. <laughs> I'd buy eight of them and just swap them when they got dirty. Yep. I love that. Oh. I love that for us. Uh, well, I am looking forward to the next few weeks. Yes. But I am I'm not gonna lie, I am uh not as big of a Star Wars fan as you are. Um, dare I say it, I'm not a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Um, I think it's stupid. <laughs> God bless you for going on this journey with me. So, I'm excited. Um, but you know what? There is some Ewan McGregor in my future, so I'll be okay. There is some Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm very excited. Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode, and uh, we hope that we not see you. We hope that you hear us again in the future. And if you listen to this at Christmas... A very Merry Christmas to you all. And happy holidays for all the other holidays that you might be celebrating. Um, be safe, enjoy, eat lots of good food. Go watch Fellowship of the Ring. Happy 20th anniversary. Happy 20th anniversary, Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Okay, bye. Thanks for hopping in the trash can with us. Give this week's movie a watch and tell us what you think. And let us know what movies you think are trashy treasure. Maybe we'll give it a watch. Follow us on Twitter at Liv and Lizzie to tell us your thoughts. And remember, no matter how trashy you feel, you are deeply treasured. Bye!